Luke 18, verses 15 to 17. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may my words be your words. May our ears hear your voice and soften our hearts to hear you this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On the 6th of May this year, Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor was born. He's the son of Harry and Meghan, and he was baptised at a private chapel at Windsor Castle just two months later. Since then, there haven't been that many photos released, but this one is one of them. Archie, he's completely supported by Meghan, who's holding him, and Harry stands close, supporting both of them. It's clearly an official photo, and it's clear that this family are important, that they are special in some way. Archie has entered the kingdom of British royalty, and that's brilliant, and we, I pray that he has a life worth, of worth and value, but we also know that there is a kingdom bigger than that of the British royal family. We as Christians can be part of God's kingdom, the most royal kingdom, born into it just as Archie is born into British royalty. So what does Jesus say about entering his kingdom? Over August, we've been looking through Luke's gospel and today we're looking at kingdom entry. What does it look like to enter the kingdom of God? which in simple terms means living for Jesus, believing in him, so that one day we will meet him face to face. We see glimpses of the kingdom of God when we worship together like this evening, but the kingdom of God in its fullest sense is still to come. We have in our passage for today an interesting interaction between Jesus, some families who, um, who are watching, and Jesus' disciples. Jesus is amidst teaching parables to the people around him, the disciples, teachers of the law. And then we see in verse 15 that people were bringing babies to him. And that word babies is sometimes translated infant, so it could be any child. So let's read verse 15 together. It says, People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. In this scene, it is clear that Jesus was seen as at least a prophet, and the disciples saw him as more than that. These families would have seen Jesus' teaching and known that he was an important man in some way. And that's why they brought their babies to him to be blessed. 
I recently went on a trip to Rome with college, and on one of the days we had what's called a papal audience, which is where you go and hear the the Pope preach, and he actually prayed for us as a college, which was quite cool. But before he gets to the platform that he's on, there's thousands of people there. Before he gets to the platform, he comes through the crowds on his little Pope mobile car thing. And he's wiggling through. And every so often he'll stop and he'll pray for the people around him. And in particular, he prays for babies. And he takes the baby from the adult and he lifts them up. And it's a bit like a Natavanya moment in The Lion King. You know the bit I'm talking about. But he pray- and he prays for them. And as I was preparing for this talk, I thought, I thought about the similarities of that. Of course, the Pope is not Jesus at all. But when I thought about it, I realized that this point in Jesus' ministry, where our passage is for today, Jesus hadn't died yet. He hadn't fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament. The crowds wouldn't have necessarily known for sure that Jesus was the Messiah, not in the way that we know now. Jesus was simply known as a powerful preacher, as a controversial man. Some people believed he was the Messiah, but lots also didn't. So we have a picture of Jesus, a man who was respected by some, but hated by many, having children brought to him for a blessing. Those crowds, those families saw the importance of Jesus and wanted a part of it for themselves and their children. So our scene is that we have Jesus and these families who are bringing their children to him for a blessing. And then at the end of verse 15, we see that the disciples rebuke those families and they tell them to go away And then we read in verse 16, it says, But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Jesus responds to the disciples' actions by calling the children back. Do not hinder them, Jesus says. Don't get in their way of their journey with me, he says. Jesus welcomes them and says that the kingdom of God belongs to them. So why does the kingdom of God belong to little children? Well, there are two reasons. And the first is that children are defenseless. Think of a toddler or a baby. A toddler knows that their parent loves them through the things that they say to them and the things that they do together and the fact that they give them food, that they give them shelter. On their own, that toddler could do nothing. The toddler is entirely defenseless. If they were left to survive on their own, they would probably die pretty quickly. But what that means is that they need to be completely reliant on the adults around them in order to survive. As a young adult myself, I don't rely on my parents as much as I used to, although I do a little bit. Of course we don't. We live in a society where independence is key. 
It even talks about it in the Bible around marriage in Genesis 2. When a man and a woman get married, the husband leaves their, ma- their father and mother. We live in a world where it's unusual to rely wholly on those adults who brought you up. Our society tells us to be defensive, to be independent. So why is being defenseless important in entering the kingdom of God? A baby needs an adult to survive, and they rely wholly on those adults to live. The toddler trusts that the parents have their best interests at heart. The parent defends them, looks after them, cares for them. The toddler doesn't even need to think about it. It's the expectation that an adult will fully look after them. So why do the children get into the kingdom of God? Because they are defenseless and they know that they need someone to look after them. And how can we learn from those children? Well, we need to be defenseless too. We need to know that we cannot do this life on our own. We need to know that we are defenseless without God. We need to put our pride to one side and acknowledge our defenselessness. When we give ourselves over to him and say, God, I come to you as your child, help me live a life for you. God cares for us. He looks after us. He challenges us like all parents do. God has our best interests at heart. And when we ask God to be our defense, because we know that we are defenseless on our own, God will bless us with the Holy Spirit to help us live lives for him. So the children get into the kingdom of God because they are defenseless. And we can learn from them by acknowledging our defenselessness and surrendering ourselves to God, asking him to take the reins. The second reason why Jesus says that children enter the kingdom of God is because they are dependent. Children can do nothing, as I've said, on their own. They have to be entirely dependent on on adults around them in order to function. This means that a toddler cannot one day just decide that they don't want adults to help them anymore. They are entirely defenseless, which means that they have to be dependent. I have the honor of being a godparent to my best friend's son, He's going to be four at the end of September, and I've spent quite a few times at their house at bedtime. When this has happened, my godson does not want to go to bed. He wants to stay up, have fun, be with me and and his mum because we're cool. He doesn't want to go to sleep. But my my friend, his mum, knows that if if she doesn't put him to sleep at that time, then he'll be mega grumpy in the morning. And so she says, no, this is your bedtime. You're going to sleep. And he gets a bit annoyed and then eventually goes to sleep. He also doesn't like getting his hair wet. So he's happy to be in the bath. That's fine. Will not have his hair washed. Cries, hates it. But my best friend knows that you have to wash his hair. You can't just leave it. 
And so she makes sure that even though he gets upset, that he gets angry, that she does wash his hair to make sure that he's clean. And the, the, he doesn't know what's best for him yet. That's why he reacts in the way that he does. And speaking from experience, it actually takes decades to learn when to go to bed, and I still haven't got it right. So my godson is entirely dependent on his mum right now to make sure that he gets enough sleep and is clean. When he's a teenager, he can make those decisions himself. But right now, when he's little, he is entirely dependent on her to make sure that he sleeps and is clean. So why does the kingdom of God belong to children? Because they are dependent and defenseless. And how can we learn from that? Well, the first step is accepting our defenselessness. And the second step is becoming fully dependent on God. Once we accept that we cannot live on our own, that we need Jesus in order to live a life for his kingdom, then we can accept that we need to be fully dependent on him. And what does that look like for us? Well, it means relying on God to give us our daily bread, the things that we need each day to live a life for him. It also means being obedient to God when he tells us what to do. Just as my godson is at bath time, we must be obedient because God has our best interests at heart. Being dependent on God also means trusting him in all things, accepting that we can't do this alone and acknowledging that God is sovereign over our lives. Being dependent on God also means surrounding ourselves with people who are wiser than we are in our walk. Those children in our passage for today, they didn't get to Jesus on their own. Their families brought them. People brought them to Jesus, and we need people to point us daily to Jesus too, people who are wiser than we are. So why do the children inherit the kingdom of God? Because they are defenseless and dependent. And I've spoken a bit about why it's important for us to be dependent on God but there's another reason. Let's read verse 17 together. It says, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Jesus tells the disciples, and in turn us, that in order to inherit the kingdom of God, we need to be like those little children. If we do not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, we will never enter it. Never. It's a strong word, but it's a necessary one. Jesus isn't saying, well, be dependent for a little bit, you'll get the kingdom, and then it doesn't really matter what you do after that. Jesus is saying that if we do not receive the kingdom like a child, then we will never enter it. Think about a child on their birthday. 
they often will behave in the same way every year. They'll be really excited, really happy to receive the one, two, however many presents they get. And then they start to grow up and they get a bit older and they reach a teenager and they're probably not as bothered about the present that that Auntie Sue has given them, which is a knitted sock. Mm. The child will react the same every year until they get older and then they become a teenager and they start to not care. Jesus is saying to us, Receive the kingdom like a child with excitement and with joy, not like a teenager who really doesn't care. But this is a journey. It's not a one-time thing. It's continuous. We are continually seeking the kingdom. Every time we come to worship God, we remember again our childlikeness, our need to be defenseless and dependent, and we turn back to him. Every time we come together, we have the opportunity to say to God, help me be like a child. And so how do we enter the kingdom of God? Through humble trust, Humble because we accept our own defenselessness and our need for God. And trust because by accepting our defenselessness, we accept our dependence and trust in him. And we have the best example of all in Jesus. Jesus was born as a little child, defenseless and entirely dependent on his parents And he was nailed to a cross, defenseless and dependent on God the Father. And in the same way, we are able to turn to Jesus knowing that through his death we are forgiven. And that means that we can turn to God the Father to say, God, we're defenseless and we are dependent on you. So in order to receive the kingdom of God, we are to be like those little children, coming to God daily to say sorry, to accept our own defenselessness and say again that we are entirely independent on on him. Then we will enter the kingdom of God by trusting in Jesus and putting our hope in him. I'd love to invite us all to stand. We're going to have a time of response now. So if the band would like to come up, we are going to do two things. I'm going to um, invite the band up and we're going to have some sung worship where we can respond to God, where we can say to him, I am defenseless and dependent on you. But before we do that, Um, There are a few groups of people that I'd love to pray for, and I think all of us fit into one of these groups. So the first group are those who don't yet know Jesus, don't know that you can enter the kingdom of God. Perhaps it's been a while since you've been to church, but today is the day you can commit yourself to him by accepting your defenselessness and depending on him. The second group of people are those who feel like they are teenagers. You've lost that childlike excitement and joy with God. Perhaps 
like me, you overthink things or you worry easily. And perhaps you know God's love, but struggle to accept dependence on him. And then the third group of people are those who want to be entirely dependent on God, but struggle to let go of our own agendas. I definitely fall into that category. I know that I need to depend on God, and I know that I'm defenseless on my own, but I struggle to give myself over like a baby would, completely and entirely dependent on him. And perhaps giving up for you is, is a pride thing. You struggle because you, you want, you're, you're proud. You don't want to give over to God. And so I'm going to pray for those three groups of people now. So if you would like to close your eyes, I'm going to ask you to do a brave thing. If, that's, if you fall into one of those categories, I'd love for you to put your hand up. So everyone's got their eyes closed, so I'm the only person that can see. I'm going to put my hand up because I fall in. And I'm going to say a prayer for all of us. And then we will respond in sung worship. Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent Jesus to die for us. Thank you that you brought us here this evening to worship you. Lord, I pray for each of us now that we would be able to give over to you the things that are stopping us from acknowledging our defenselessness. I pray that you would be bringing to mind the things that stop us from being dependent on you. And Lord, I pray by your Spirit that we would turn to you now, accepting our defenselessness and acknowledging our dependence on you. Lord, I pray as we sing to you now, as we respond through song, that you would be continuing to show us your presence with us this evening. That as each of us with our hands up and everyone here this, tonight, that, that you are sovereign over our lives, that you love us and that we can trust in you. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us afresh tonight.